Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The biggest health and beauty brands in-store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Monday the 28th of Feb, just after 6 o'clock. Coming up on the show, we've got a good guest for you this morning. But firstly, I want to say, hope you had a good weekend. Hope you had a great weekend, you're safe, you got to do the things you were after. Um, COVID is rampant. I was down in probably the mecca of COVID in New Zealand. I was in Dunedin. Stayed away from the north Dunedin where all the students are, but had a great weekend. Good good rugby being played down there at Forsyth Bar. We'll rip into that very, very shortly. But coming up on the show, we're going to talk some cricket. Start of the show, talking black caps as we head into day four. With South Africa, 140 for five in their second innings, leading by 211 runs. Vital few sessions for the Black Caps bowlers. This morning, we'll get former Black Cap and current Canterbury coach Peter Fulton to talk the last three days and how he sees this panning out. Uh, Looking forward to chatting to Peter. He's an absolute champion. And then following that, we're going to talk about some racing because it was a big, big weekend of racing. And I hope you had more success than me on the punt, as I got an absolute hiding. Thanks, baby Winks, Espiona. She's gone from my top five horses, I must say. Not even close. Espiona cost me an absolute arm and a leg. But anyway, we'll rip into a bit of a positive chat, because it all went... uh, It wasn't all doom and gloom, as the beautiful five-year-old Gelding Mascarpone claimed his first group one winning the El Chap Chipo Classic in Ōtaki on set. And we'll chat to proud trainer Debbie Rogerson about that great win. Her first uh, win and then Wurumu Pin was riding as well. And he's uh, even riding out outstanding as of late. So looking forward to chatting to De- Debbie Rogerson about that great group one win there in Ōtaki. And then after that we're going to have our McCafe Coffee Catch-Up. Blues fans, Ken from Auckland, forgive me. But our next guest gave the Blues players nightmares as Celeste Rayasi continued to show us his freakish athletic ability, notching three tries on set and helping his team stage that fight back. Down 14 points at the 75-minute mark to steal it. 33-32 
at the 80 minute mark. So Leslie will join the show at 8 a.m. and I'm sure we'll rip in and chat a bit more about that match because let's be honest, Blues were by far the better side for eight uh, for 70 odd minutes. But the Hurricanes, two weeks in a row, they've played rugby for about 15 minutes every uh, in both matches and played some great footy. If they could just notch up a, a half, even 50 minutes. They'd absolutely annihilate teams if they could continue to play like they played in that last 20 minutes. But anyway, we're going to chat to Celeste Rayasi just after 8 o'clock. And then to finish off the show, one of my favourite parts of the week, our Monday morning News S health check. This morning is with New Zealand-born award-winning veteran stunt double performer and stunt coordinator Dana Grant. She's worked on productions such as Mad Max, Fury Road, Xena, Warrior, Princess, and more recently, or more recently, the new Amazon series, Lord of the Rings. Fascinating story. I look forward to sharing with you and having a wee chat to Dana Grant at about 8.40 this morning. But like always, we want to hear from you at home. We're at work, wherever you are in the country. Let us know, double eight, double three. How was your weekend? Did you go all right on the punt? What were your initial thoughts? On the rugby on Saturday, she was flying. And Friday, Crusaders getting up over the Highlands. But yeah, give us a text anytime, double eight double three, or on the Kennard's higher phone line, 0800 That's enough from me. Baz is still down here in Christchurch calling the Black Caps day four. And uh, he'll be back shortly, potentially. He's heading off to the IPL, so we're going to miss him. But right now, we're going to cross over and say, G'day, Dave, run in Auckland. Morning, Kaz. Great to have you back on the show. Joe and Louie. Ah, oh, Louie's away. Louie's on holiday. Joe and Kez, I must say. And then Ricardo. He's there in Auckland. He's got his Manchester United flag flying proudly behind him. But it's all about Chelsea, Liverpool. Nil all. 36 minutes gone. Nil all. As we can see on the TV here. But how are you, brother? Yeah, good, thanks, Is Good, mate. I mean, uh, what a weekend of Super Rugby. I mean... Tell you what, watch those two games. The, the one you were at with Joey Wheeler and then the uh, the Auckland Canes <laughs> game as well. And, and you watch that and then mm. you went and then I went and watched some of the Australian rugby, like the Tars, Reds and things. Man, it's like the difference between watching proper super rugby and watching NPC, isn't it? That, that Aussie level still doesn't yeah. still looks a step behind, mate. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Oh, it's gonna be a tough ask for those Australian sides, um, when they come over. Um yeah, just you can just see contrasting kind of styles and, and uh, you know, just, yeah, total, just a total difference. Um, but I'm more worried about Moana Pacifica, mate. They're going to take on the Crusaders this Friday down in Dunedin. I've got to go down on, on Friday as well and, and do that game. But, off, yeah, it's going to be tough for them for Aaron Major in their side. I, I, I can't see anything good coming out of this game for them on Friday night. No, especially considering you know they'll be underdone. The Crusaders have got two tough games under their belts, right? And mm. then they're going to they're coming into it pretty cold. What do you think Razor's going to do? I mean, will he look at that and go, "Here's an opportunity for me to give some of the big boys a rest and and play some second stringers because yeah. I'll probably win with them anyway." Uh yeah. Look, he's got the luxury. He's got so much depth depth in that squad, and um, yeah, he's there. There'll be some new faces. You see, like a guy like Corey Callow, he was on the bench. Uh, on the weekend, I think he'd get a start. You look at a guy in the midfield, Isaiah Punivai, he's played for Canterbury. I'd say he'd have a crack at in the centres. Um, you'd probably give uh, George Bridge and, and Sever Reese a, a chance to um, 
to play on the wings just to get some game time. Leicester Flying Inuku, he's probably cemented his spot on the left wing. Um, you look at a guy like Shea Fihaki, he's played uh, fullback for Canterbury and a real young talent, and he's got a big, big future. I'd say he'd start at 15. Uh, you know, you probably give Simon Hickey a run at, 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 at 10. Uh, Te Toiro, Tahuri Orangi play with 9. So look, they've got they've got luxury and they've got options. Um, but yeah, just just Moana Pacifica, they're going to be right up against. I saw an article um, the other day talking about player loans, um, maybe just potentially loaning players out to just maybe strengthen these other squads. And, and it made me think, um, maybe you know, a lot of these guys in the squads, um, you know, like traditionally when they're playing the Kiwi sides, they're always going to play their top strength team. Um, I know the players will pro- would probably be against it because they probably want to be staying w- where they are, staying comfortable. But made yeah, made made sense. Hey, just trying to help out the the Moana Pacificas, particularly when they've been affected by something that's out of their control. Mm, what, yeah, your, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think you know we don't really understand. I don't think here at the moment um, the full effects of COVID because it's you know I think a lot of people mm. just think it's a respiratory thing, but it. You know, we've seen overseas that it attacks other parts of the body and stuff. And uh, we had BG yeah. on um, Pacific Flare, me and Peter Alatini, last Monday. And, you know, he sort of let slip at that point. They were saying that there were seven players, and he let slip that they had 19 um, mm. out, uh, you know, who had been, who had been having to isolate. Um, so who knows yeah. how well those 19 are? You know, you can recover, but then there's full recovery, and then there's, you're still dealing with side effects too. Mm. So, I mean, how well are those guys to be able to go and then compete? With somebody like, say, the Crusaders at full full noise, yeah. you know that's that's a big ask. Considering, you know, as Pete Alatini said, you know that where where Moana at the moment are, he said they're like it's like an NPC team playing Super Rugby teams anyway, and you don't mm. want to take any more away from them than, than they're already dealing with. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think we just got to buy a bit of time and, and just just know that this is a long a you know, long. Gonna take a long time. This is a this is a big picture thing, and, and we've got to look we've got to look ahead and, and just give them time to, to build their their team, build the unity. Um, you know, because look, let's be honest, they're probably going to get a hiding this weekend. We saw the Chiefs preseason game; they played probably their top side. And they got put uh, sixty points put on them. So, so I think we just got to stay firm, stay calm, and, and say this is no not you know as soon as they get a hiding, everyone will go. This is why we didn't need them in the team uh, in the competition. You know, they're just easy beats. But then you look at a, um, you know, the Sunwolves, the Hagawaris, you know, first four or five years in the comp, got hidings every single week. And then Hagawaris went and made a Super Rugby final against the Crusaders. So just, just got to give it time for them to pan yeah. out. So, um, yeah, looking looking forward to seeing uh, how, that, how that unfolds this weekend. But, mate, on the punt, did you? Did you? Did you? Hear, I know you took So You See. So we've got to give a shout-out to ALB and... Yeah. and yeah, you're even having a few little wins on the on the pump, but did you, did you have a couple more over the weekend? No, it's <laughs> fair to say. Um, <laughs> I, I tell you what I what I what I did jump on. Um, let me just uh, let me just uh, uh, find my uh, my 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 bets here, my bet slips. But um, the um, the uh, where are we? Where, where are my where are my resulted bets? Oh, here we go. Here's my resulted bets. Is um, so. Oh, don't go on the lows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so you see, yes, but uh, there was one that um, that Baz had mentioned last week, um, which was a sprinter that um, Levante's owners had, uh, trainers had, called La Crayeres, I think it was, or Les Les Crayeres, oh, yes, which was racing Matter Yeah, yeah, it was paying sixes, yep. and he was like, "Oh, look, get on the, get on that, get on that." It's a sprinter, you know, da da da. So I got on that, and I'd multied that up with so you see. 
and that was paying like ten bucks. Oh. I was paying like three hundred or something, and um, and yeah. it ran second. Ran second. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's always I, I, the case. And and you remember how uh, Baz had said, "Hey, look, Michael McNabb is not going to go to Fonganui for three races if he doesn't think oh, he's going to win." Mate. Yeah, yeah. Neither of them won. Neither of them won. I'd, I'd multi nah, those up too. Nah, that- don't worry, I multied the same one, mate. That was dusty. We know never he would have been celebrating his Group One win, so mate, he would have he would have been a bit slow that day. Would have been a long, long drive to Whanganui. So, look, I had a few punts, and um, yeah, she was a tough one. Yeah, so he was riding Lebanese Trader. They had no chance in Rusty Lane. Yeah, no good, no good. Those two in total recall, I should say. But uh, I had a bit, mate. I had a bit. So mm-hmm. I took I took um, I took uh, ALB's. Tip, and we've got to mm-hmm. give a big shout out to ARB. So you see, what a horse! Still a bit green. Uh, she was a bit, you know, wonky down down the straight. But five dollars fifty, I got it at five dollars fifty. So good money. And then I I, I multied it into very elegant V E very elegant <laughs> one at winning on the weekend. And that was what about a champion mare! Yeah, I got it at three bucks. I got it at three bucks. Nice. So I got some good odds for Very Elegant. So I got on Very Elegant. What a champion mare. She's just overtaken um, uh, Melody Bell as uh, the most prize money in, um, in, in, for a New Zealand mare. So the great Very Elegant winning another group one. What a champion so it, horse. So does that mean that the McCafes are on had, you this morning? Uh, no, no, no. And then listen, and then I had that one into Baby Winks. Espiona. Espiona. Ooh. Who has been, you know, put along the side, uh, the great horse Winks, and they've called it Baby Winks. Well, Espiona won its first start, flew, came second last week, and then third this week. So, Baby Espiona is gone. It just cost me an absolute arm and leg. That multi was going to pay well. You probably wouldn't have seen me here today, but um, <laughs> yeah, so she was a tough, tough punt. But um, we're going to talk about this. We've got a text message coming in. You, you don't know, but. Um, Ricardo, that horse, the defibrillate. We backed it last year. It's Baz's horse, so Baz has got a share in it. And I'm so disgusted in Baz because he was on the show last week and he didn't reference that the defibrillate was going to race. Graham Richardson is his neighbour and he's the trainer. And um, he spoke about... Uh, yeah, oh, I'm going to have a little update on our Love Racing.nz update about it. But it won, mate, and paid $9.40 over in Australia oh, at one. And... Um, Feed the bags, so a text message come through. I know, defibrillate, Cuzzy. I missed that. $8.80 and $2.30. How's our slow-cooked coffee-flavoured short rib? Oh, that is from Brett. He's, you like that, Brett, eh? Yeah, I cooked a little short rib over the weekend. Oh, <laughs> but, um, Too good. Yeah, mate. Tough. Tough on the punt. Tough on the punt, all right, mate. Hey, uh, how nervous were you? I'll just go back to Super Rugby for a minute. No, how, I was watching all the coverage, and I saw you standing there with Kirst and Joey Wheeler <laughs> before the game, and the smack talk yeah. between you and Joey, and then 13 minutes, and it's 13 <laughs> nil to the Highlanders, mate. How close were you doing to the shithouse shuffle out of the out of the, out of the stadium and just disappearing back to the airport? Nah, nah, mate. All faith. Joey knew. Joey knew. He's just got his big mouth that, that just keeps him in the game, mate. So, <laughs> look, 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 I was actually really like surprised when you're on the sideline and there's no one in the stadium and it's just a ghost town. Like, it's crazy when you watch you know, one of the Super Rugby matches. You can actually hear everything. You hear the big tackles, the big thuds. 
you can hear Aaron Smith's mouth just going <laughs> blockbuster just out there, just absolutely chapping everyone. Um, but yeah, they played extremely well. They played pretty well, and then and then the Crusaders just rolled up their sleeves. But the, the scoreline probably didn't reflect how actually close it was. I know they got away in the end with with Will Jordan just showing his absolute superstar status and and finishing that freakish try. But um, the scoreline probably didn't reflect. The best thing about that, Ricardo, is we got our SENZ tipping comp, mm. and that was our margin. That was our margin game. Yeah, I picked it fifteen. Ooh. Oh, I went by 15, you? brother. Oh, I went by 20. <laughs> so I'm, I was yeah. five away. So, oh, you missed it, mate. But that's the thing. I mean, if you're the Islanders, it's, it's 2019 with 10 minutes to go. And then you look at the scoreboard at the end and you go, mm. how is it 34-19? How do we lose by 15 points? Mm. Yeah, they, they they did it tough. They lost Josh Timu, Josh Timu pretty early and then Marty Banks had to go on the wing. And come on, mate. He's not a <laughs> winger. He's got no pace. He's got one gear. So you're always going to struggle. Forgive me, Banksy, for, for saying that, but let's be honest. Um, but, who do yeah, you, you reckon would win in a foot race now between you and Marty Banks? Oh, <laughs> Banksy, mate. Banksy <laughs> oh, would really? destroy oh, okay. me. I've, okay. I've, got, I've got one knee, Ricardo. I've got two screws in my other foot, and then the other leg's got a bung knee. So, But I'd go. I'll give it a crack, mate. Yeah, well, you don't have to change direction, mate. Straight line, straight line. You'll be right. You're a greyhound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, nah, I'll, I'll, I'll give that to him, mate. I'll give that to him. But anyway, we've got a big show coming up, mate. We've got a big, big show. We're going to talk some black caps very, very shortly. Looking talk, uh, forward to chatting to Peter Filton about the black caps. And, uh, yeah, I was having a wee chat to Bears last night. I said, Bears, you know, who's who's in the who's leading us? Where, where are we leaning towards? And he said, mate, I don't know. I don't know. Like I've been saying, the next half an hour in this commentary, the next half an hour, the next half an hour is important for this test match where we're going to see it leading to. He just doesn't know, and I totally agree. Like, they're obviously five wickets down, 140 runs in their second innings. Uh, They're leading by 211. But um, you think, okay, if the Black Caps have a great morning, they can uh, able to restrict them to to 280-ish, then the Black Caps will be, uh, you know, favoured to win this um, this match. But then he said, nah, uh, look, I I just don't know. Like, a bit of scoreboard pressure, knowing that the first innings they, they did struggle, um, but um, the Gone Home obviously uh, was was the shining light in the innings. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see see how this morning unfolds. You know what the highest total is chased in the fourth innings at Hagley Oval in history? No, what is that? Two hundred two hundred and one. Oh, <laughs> so there you go. There you go. The odds are stacked against them. But if they anyone are. likes changing history, if anyone likes changing history, Ricardo, it is this Black Caps squad. They love it. They love it. And we'll chat about that a bit more when we come back after a wee break. Anyway, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. A big thank, no, Ricardo and Izzy. Ricardo and Izzy for breakfast. A big thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yeah, this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Well, it's actually it's Ricardo and Izzy for breakfast. Doesn't have the same ring though, does it? Uh, Six twenty-six. Uh, you can call us anytime <laughs> on our Kennards Hire phone line: oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. And uh, Izzy, uh, the there's been a lot of talk about Six Nations, uh, possibly South Africa going up there to replace Italy, and uh, certainly did the Six Nations no favours <laughs> this morning with uh, Ireland beating Italy fifty-seven to six. Um, but. Mm. 
man, rugby does itself no favours sometimes, eh, with its laws? Because yeah. that, that game this morning, I don't know if you saw it, but um, the, uh, the Italian hooker, the starting hooker, went off injured. And then um, the replacement hooker got red-carded for what was pretty shoulder-to-shoulder. I thought it was just a little bit unlucky, but he got red-carded for it anyway. And that meant no uh, uncontested scrums. But under the laws of the game, Mm -hmm. if you have to go uncontested scrums, you have to lose another player to give the other team advantage. So that meant that Italy, after about (laughs) 20 or 30 minutes, had to play with 13 men for the whole game. I mean, that does nothing for it as a spectacle, does it? I mean, that's a ridiculous law. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was. I started watching it about half time when I came in here, and, and they were only down by twenty odd, twenty odd. I think it was like twenty to six. So it's obviously affected the game and affected their ability to play how they wanted to play. But no, rugby doesn't do themselves any favors. And I just had to dig a little bit deeper, just get a bit more of an understanding of what's happened. So yeah, the hooker went off in a sling. The hooker, the the reserve hooker, came on, got red carded. So they had to take off another player because this is this is the rule that's come in. The permanent suspended player caused uncontested scrums to be ordered. Therefore, the team loser a player. The team must nominate a player to leave the field. A remaining substituted front, front row must be used in the front row of the uncontested scrums. Another player must be nominated to leave the field to allow him or her to come on the field to play. The team plays with 13 players for the remainder of the match. Both teams must form with eight players in the scrum. So they've taken off a winger to allow them to have contested scrums. And, um, yeah, wow, this is crazy. It is. Rugby. I mean, it's, it's, it is. And the other thing that that does, too, I mean, if you're on it, it almost makes it rugby league, doesn't it? Because um, if Italy have to have eight players in the scrum, then you've got five backs versus mm. seven backs. And you just, you know, it's almost like a, a, a big play the ball, isn't it? Oh, it's just, it's one of those ones because I know down here and 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 down under we we're trying to do red cards. We've seen over the years how red cards have had a big impact on games and and as fans and, and as supporters of the game, we want we want it to be even. We want it to see. And I know in league they do the they go and report and then they get they get penalised post the match where how severe it is. Um, and and down here I think the red card getting replaced after twenty minutes. That player can't come on, but they can replace it to allow the game to become even again and, and doing things like that. Yeah, so I'm sure this will, this will be just the start of this, Ricardo. This will be something, because this is something we haven't seen. This is no, something that's exactly. just come to the forefront. Now everyone's, now everyone's having to dig into the rule book and go, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> we can't have this happening. So, look, I reckon this will be amended post, uh, post this uh, little little report. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, mate. I think you're right. Now, we uh, do have um, uh, Love Racing coming up. We've got Quizzy Dag coming up as well before 7 o'clock. Uh, but right now, it's time for news with Karen. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Karen. Great to have you back on the show. Cheers for the wee update of what's going on around the world. Because, wow, we, there is lots happening. Love goes out to the Ukraine. Whew, can't believe it's happening in, in my lifetime. Um, yeah, love and prayers over there. Uh, thank you. We've got coming up is a loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Oh, there was lots happening over the weekend. Heaps of racing, particularly here. And 
abroad over in Australia, and I've got to give a wee shout-out. We already have given him a shout-out, but shout-out to ALB. He come on the show and let us into a, uh, a wee winner over at Packlin on Thursday night. So if you can, if you can pick a couple of winners on Thursday night, that's when you know you're deep into the punting game. So well done, ALB. So you see. So you see, out of So You Think, and the one thing that got me up about that one is I've got a horse out of So You Think, and you just use Ailey. So if it's anything like So You See, well, we've got a good chance. We've got a good chance. So shout out to him. And then also coming up, we've got Debbie Rogerson coming on the show, and she had Ōtaki Group 1 in the El Chipo Classic, Mascarpone winning that. So well done to her and the team, and hope you all got paid on those ones. We're going to lead you into a few tips later on in the week. We've got a good meeting coming out of Hastings. Good meeting coming out of Hastings on Wednesday. Wednesday, we've got uh, Race 7, Little Avondale Lowland Stakes, Group 2. It's a Group 2. I've had a wee look at the field. A couple of good horses in there. A couple I have beaten, uh, backed before. And Jamie Richards has got a couple, of, a couple of nice ones in there as well. Number one, self, Self-Obsession. Self-Obsession is uh, draw number two. It's had Four, its last four starts, it's had a third and three straight wins. It's paying two dollars, so it's short favourite. And then number the second favourite is Supret, which is trained by the great Stephen Marsh, ridden by Leith Innes, and is paying four dollars eighty. And so we've got a couple of days. We'll have a wee look at those fields and Hastings in, in about two days' time. And Baz will be here as well, and maybe he'll lead us into a couple as well. On that morning, but um, I want to tell you a, fr- a wee story. We've already had Brett coming through about defibrillate. Anyway, Baz didn't even tell us. I'm just reading a little Love Racing NZ news update. Matamata trainer Graham Richardson wasn't expecting too much when he sat down to watch his pride and joy defibrillate kick off as the autumn campaign at Coolfield on Saturday. And it's it's funny he says it because we every time Baz spoke about it last year, towards the end of last year, they had no chance, and it was uh, had a tough old autumn. So Richardson is part of a syndicate of owners, owners including close friends Lance O'Sullivan and Brendan McCullum. The Fribble had fashioned a stellar record under Payne's guidance with seven wins from 19 starts before adding an eighth Australian victory and second successive listed Mornington Cup. Um, so yeah, The Fribble winning on the weekend paying $9.14. There's chalks. There is talks of it racing in a Group 1 coming up very, very shortly at about 2,000 metres. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that, keep an eye on that. But well done to Bears, um, Graham Richardson, Lance O'Sullivan on winning over there with Defibrillate. We'll uh, keep a wee update on that. And maybe Bears won't be so secretive because he backed it. He backed it, Ricardo, <laughs> he but he judged. didn't tell any of us to back it. No. Yes, I messaged him yesterday. I was disgusted in him. I was disgusted, and he said, "Look, honestly, Daggy, I didn't, I didn't think it would win. You know, I didn't think it'd have a chance, so I just didn't really think about it." And I was like, "Mate, that's when it always wins when you don't think it's going to win, mate. That's his horse racing. That's why we Give always us the get in, a hiding. Give us the yin. Give us the yin. Hey, yeah, on that, uh, if there's a big uh, Hawks Bay meeting on Wednesday, has anybody told Reuben that he's going to have to find a replacement for Smithy on Thursday?" <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But Ruben, he likes uh, he likes being down a little short period of time to find some replacements. I'm sure he'll be fine. <laughs> but I got a text for you, Ricardo. Good morning, Ricardo. Would very elegant be one of the top three horses you have ever seen? It was second up on a very rain-soaked track. Big achievement, class act. That is from Kevin in Tararangi. 
Ooh, uh, what Kevin? If I said if I tried to answer this uh, question properly, uh, <laughs> it, it would have absolutely lo- no legitimacy because I don't follow the horses. I literally all my punting <laughs> information comes from Baz and Izzy, pretty much uh, the odd, <laughs> odd bit from Michael Guerin. Um, so I, I'm the last person you should ask. I understand that very elegant is a good horse, uh, but mm. where, whether it's all all time top three. Uh, Mate, you, you're better off asking me what it's like to live on Mars. To be honest, I'd probably have more idea. <laughs> no, you got you, mate. You, uh, I tell you what. After these two weeks, and I know Louis on holiday, and we hope Louis's doing all right wherever he is. I haven't heard from Louis for a couple of weeks. I hope the boys have heard from him. I haven't. He's having a nice wee break, well deserved. But after these next two weeks, mate, honestly, you will be clued up. You'll have a bit more of an understanding of who good trainers are. Who are the good horses around the country? Not only here in Australia, um, we love it on our show. But I'll answer that question, mate. Top three, she is my number one. She really? is my number one. Very, very elegant. Oh, just just because of the New Zealand connection. Um, we've got a couple of mates in Auckland that uh, the part ownership of, um, of of very elegant. Well, I don't know how much of the pie they own, but they've got still got an ownership. So just having that connection there and and knowing that she was running around in Auckland somewhere. And now she's over in Australia, and she's won the Melbourne Cup. She's won uh, a ton of Group One wins. She's had over fifteen million in, in prize money. So, like, just just an outstanding horse. And and for me, I've I've just become a part owner of my first horse. And to be able to watch your horse run, uh, run and just even run out of the gates and and just run you know, down Flemington or, or or at Randwick, that would be a special moment. But to see it win. Man, you can't put words into that. That that will be just the ultimate best feeling ever, and I can't wait to watch my horse. So, um, so, so you've yeah, got very elegant ahead of the, uh, the perfect pink. you got that up there. <laughs> oh, perfect pink's gone, mate. That horse is not even in my uh, repertoire now. It's gone. I've moved on from the perfect pink, just like I've moved on from Espiona. Oh. You've had enough of you, yes, Fiona. Anyway, you're home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz. They are racing's biggest fan. That was our Love Racing NZ. Hope we did it a bit of justice. But right now, it is time, Ricardo, for Quizzy Dag. Your time to take on the Is Master, me, and give you a chance to win a $50 bonus bet with TAB. Call now, 0800-150-811 to take on Daggy, the Quiz Master. Back shortly. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The quiz master, the is master, stay with me. Or this might be an absolute disaster. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150. 811 <laughs> That's right, that's right It's time to get someone paid Ah, I wish I could get that 50 Because, oof, it's a tough old slog on the weekend The, th- the thing about Dunedin, Ricardo is, is the hotel The casino's in the hotel So when you go down for breakfast You just pop up the stairwell And you go have a wee dabble up at the up at uh, up at the casino, so it was a tough old weekend, but that's all right. I want to get someone out there fifty dollars, and remember, phone a friend, Ricardo, the wizard, 
He's got some classic clues ready to help you if you get a bit stuck. So remember, phone a friend is Ricardo today. We're going to go to Tim in Christchurch. Morena, Tim. How are you, mate? I'm very, very well, Timmy. I'm looking outside and she's a blue pearl pearl of a day. So I'm up and about, mate. Hope you're all good. We'll rip in, eh? Yep. Here we go. Here we go. How many test centuries has Colin de Gromholm scored? Two. Bang, bang. Question number two. Which woman's cricket side won the Halliburton Johnstone Johnston's Shield yesterday? Uh, that would be the spark. Well done. Well done. Question number three. Who broke the Blues' hearts? By scoring the match winner for the Hurricanes on Saturday. Hardy Savia. Five. That was, the, that was the fourth that was the fourth leg of my multi as well. Was it? <laughs> well, who did you have? Do you have Hurricanes uh, under? No, no, I had Hurricanes to win. Um, and then everything else was like was low odds, so that was the one that pumped it up. Oh, what were you like? Tell us, talk us through that moment when he was running down the sideline. Were you up and about because you're a hurricane supporter or your TAB bet? Yeah, my TAB bet didn't care about the result, really. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well done, well done. I hope you will give you another little bonus. But here we go, question number four. Where did Michael Venus win his latest ATP doubles title over the weekend? In Dubai. Fire. He's on fire. Ricardo's got some great little clues too. I want him to get you. I want him to use oh. one at least. Here we go. To, to, to whitewash, to to take it away and not give anyone a chance. Jaden Hamilton, Mark, they're all waiting, but they got no chance at the moment. Here we go. Question number five: In which Olympics did canoeist Ian Ferguson win three gold medals? I need the the city and the year. I'll, I'll go with Ricardo for a final friend, but I'm pretty sure it was a 1980 in LA when it Ricardo. Well, I'll give you the clue. The clue is George Orwell wrote a book entitled this. 1984. In LA. <laughs> wow. Bang, bang. Sorry to all our callers. I know there's a lot of you waiting. And you were hungry for that fifty dollars, but Timmy got paid on the weekend because Artie Savia, and he's just got paid again. Outstanding, Timmy. Well done, brother. Awesome, great. What's your Monday? What's your multi pay, Timmy? <sighs> oh, it wasn't actually that much. I think I put twenty on it and it got a hundred and twenty or something like that back. But it's all good. Hey, that's enough. Better than you'll get at the bank. It's enough. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, well, uh, done, I, I was talking to um, I was talking to Staffy about it, like because you know with the um, Smith City picks, and like ninety yeah. percent of people were were, were picking um, Wilson to win, obviously. But as I said to him, because they missed that week of rugby and everybody else is up and firing, you know, mm. I just felt like they were right for the picking. Well, to be honest, I went under. You know I'm what? a Blues fan, but I picked the Canes unders because I thought the same thing. Yeah. 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 So. Oh, I'm doing two. I'm doing two tipping comps, uh, one for Sky, one for SCNZ. So 
before the game, I changed my uh, Sky One to the Hurricanes Unders, so I was up and about, and I just went on this morning. I didn't change my ECNZ one, so I had every one. I had the Crusaders, and I picked the margin as well, 15 points. So I got that one. But the last one, I forgot to change it from Hurric- uh, Blues to the Hurricanes. So Staffy's leading that competition for the ECNZ host. He's lucky. But well done to me, mate. Congratulations, brother. Cheers, boys. Oh, you, know, you know what that reminded me is? I, I don't know if you remember it, but you, you know that Who Wants to Be a Millionaire show that they do over in Aussie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was a guy that was yeah. on that, and he got to the million-dollar question, and he yeah. went, oh, I'll go the phone-a-friend option, and his friend was his dad. And so they put the call through yeah. for the question to win a million dollars, and uh, yeah. he gets his dad on the line, and he says, oh, Dad, I, I know the answer. I didn't need you for the answer. I just wanted you. To, I just wanted them to ring you so I could tell you I'm about to win a million dollars, and then gave the answer <laughs> and won a million dollars. Like how boss move is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, million dollars. There you go. That was quizzy dag. Well done to Timmy and Christchurch. That was all thanks to Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair search. Ashley and Martin online. Not happy with your hair loss. Make today your turning point. Search Ashley and Martin. We've got a few Texas. Coming on the text line, Kevy, he's up and about, and Kimberly, she's messaging about the rugby. We'll react to those shortly. We'll be back soon. Yes, good morning. Baz and Izzy, Ricardo and Izzy. Baz is away down here in Christchurch, but that's okay. That was Quizzy Dag. Well done to Timmy in Christchurch. Just uh, whitewash. Whitewash got the money and got the treats. Well done, brother. We'll be back tomorrow for another part of our show, Quizzy Dag. But right now, Champions League Carabao Cup is on. And, well, VAR, they've just gone upstairs. Liverpool. Have they scored a goal? It's nil all at the moment. 70 minutes gone. I'm just waiting for a wee update. The ref has gone. And no, it is offside. Offside. So no goal has been scored pretty close. Liverpool nearly going up 1-0 as they take on Chelsea. She's a tough old match. I know you're right amongst that. Um, Ricardo? Yeah, honestly, this game has been Chelsea's all day. All day, they've hit the post. They've had about three or four near misses. <laughs> they've had one cleared off the line, and then I don't know how, but Naby Keita, the Liverpool midfielder, went studs up into Trevor Chalobah's family jewels in a challenge, <laughs> and it wasn't even a yellow card. It should have been a straight red. I don't know how the referees missed that. So Liverpool should be down to ten, mm. but they still have eleven on the pitch, mate. This 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 feels like it's going to penalties. It, that's, I know that's you are man you. We're both man you. I know that's right. Now, if man you's playing, I'm up and about. I'm ready to rip in and I'll stay up all night and watch that match. But for this one, who who you who you leaning towards? Who you leaning towards in this one? Well, uh, mate, to be honest, I because I'm so such a United fan, and <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> when it comes to Liverpool, mate, they could be playing tiddlywinks in the backyard, and I'd want them to lose. So you know, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm yeah yeah I, I, I'm I'm I, I mean. It's a toss-up. Do you want the Russian oligarchs team at the moment to win, or do you want Liverpool? I still oh. think Liverpool's the greater of the two evils, to be fair. Mate, what's going, what's going to go on? What's going to happen there? Because there's been a lot of chat about the billionaires, the superpowers of the Russian world, all the Russian billionaires, and Roman Abramovich is one of them. What's happening there, mate? I saw a Louis article. He's handed it down to the, the, the trustees. 
Yeah, he has. Like he's, he's, he's basically, I think he's trying to find a loophole uh, so that he, uh, the club doesn't get seized because what they're talking about in the UK Parliament at the moment is that any assets of Russian, oli- Russian oligarchs in the United Kingdom should be seized by the government and everything frozen. Um, so if that yeah. happened, it would mean that Boris Johnson was the head of Chelsea Football Club, and the government would be running Chelsea. So, I mean, I, mm. I, I mean, if you're a Chelsea fan, who's who's a worse head of club, Roman Abramovich or Boris Johnson? It's, it's, a, it's a coin toss, isn't it? Really, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, so, so I think what he's done is he. he He's done this so that uh, uh, that he can still, in a way, hold control of the club, even though it's in the trustees' hands. But you know that he's running the trustees, right? Yeah, beautiful, mate. Awesome, awesome. Where we update coming up after the the, the news, we're going to chat to Peter Fulton, Craven, and McCafe about now. Here's Karen with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. This is Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Monday the 28th of Feb. Thank you, Karen, for that news. A little update about Scotty McLaughlin having his pole position. Very funny comments you made there. He's used to breaking because he's got people in front of him. But, hey, short period of time. is only a short career in the IndyCars. I think that racing starts at about 8 o'clock. So I'm sure Kaz and, and uh, Ricardo and myself will keep you up to date with what's happening in the IndyCars in St. Petersburg. Well, Liverpool. Liverpool became very, very close to scoring again. Luis Diaz getting a little through ball. Him and the goalie. Um, obviously, the goalie winning that battle, but she's pretty tough old match. Liverpool have got Chelsea under a lot of pressure. 76 minutes gone throughout that match, so we'll keep you up to date. Kez is in the... He's in the... He's in the comms, but in the kitchen, and he's... Uh, Hoping Liverpool get up because he's a Liverpool supporter. So we'll keep you up to date with what's happening throughout the morning. Coming up on the show, anyway, we're going to talk a bit of rugby after 8 o'clock. We've got Celesi Rayasi coming on. And we had Kimberly texting in. Good morning. Crikey, that rugby on Saturday night. Hurricanes versus the Blues was on steroids. It was almost as exhausting to watch, but fun for a change. There was barely enough time to visit the fridge to top up. <laughs> Excellent rugby, and there's from Kimberly. So after eight, we're going to chat to Celesi Rayasi Kimberly about his hat trick and well that last fifteen minutes when they came back and well got the win over the Blues. And then our Monday morning news yes health check this morning. We're going to chat to Dana Grant. She's worked on productions such as Mad Max, Fury Road, Xena, Warrior Princess, and recently Amazon series Lord of the Rings. She's a stunt. Double, she's a double performer, she's a coordinator, and she's a Kiwi. She's New Zealand-born Dana Grant, so looking forward to chatting to her later on in the show. But keep the Texas coming through right now. We're going to talk some cricket, because the Black Caps, they're resuming today. They've got South Africa 140 for five, 211 runs behind. The Black Caps were up against it in their first innings, but were bolstered by a great knock from one of their veterans. Oh, there he goes, there he goes, there he goes. Test match 100, number two for Colin de Grandholm. Scored at a time when New Zealand needed it most and scored in the entertaining fashion you expect from him. Very well played, sir. Very, very well played, as Macca alluded to. Craig McMillan doing the call there with our very own Baz McCullum, Colin de Grandholm scoring, scoring his second test century in emotional fashion. South Africa have come out to play in the second test, finally showing why Baz hyped them up all those weeks ago. 
A great bowling effort late in the day yesterday, though, as the, as the Black Caps in the hunt. Peter Fulton is on the line now, and he's down in Christchurch. Morning, mate. Have you checked out Hagley at all lately? What's What's been happening, mate? How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, I haven't been. I haven't been down to. Um, I haven't been down to watch any of the test matches live. It's um, obviously a little bit, a yeah. little bit of a limit on crowds and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, hell of a performance in the first test by New Zealand and. I think this, um, I think the second test is shaping up. It's going to be a pretty exciting finish. Yeah, she's hard to pick, isn't it? I was um, having a wee conversation with Bears last night, just trying to get a lead into to what he's thinking. He's a bit on the fence too. It's pretty hard to say. Like, obviously, two hundred eleven, you think that's achievable, but Ricardo alluded to it early on in the show. Two hundred and four has been the highest second in his total chase down at Hagley Oval. Uh, so, what's what's your little take, mate? Will you see this? Will you see this going? Um, well, I think obviously the, you know, bit of a cliche, but the first, the first sort of forty minutes to an hour will be important this morning because if New Zealand can pick up a couple of wickets, they can probably give themselves a chance to, you know, I guess chase something around that two fifty in in the last innings. I think, mm. um, I think the wickets going to still be pretty good for batting, so that's certainly achievable. But yeah, like you say, whether it's at Hagley or any other ground around the world, you know, four things run chase, run chases are never easy. So. Yeah, South Africa will be hoping they can get up to sort of 280 or anything over 300. Um, but you know, it's going to be like I said. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a pretty exciting finish. Yeah, yeah Pete. Looking forward to uh, day four getting underway today, mate. Um, the Black Caps uh, got it all to do with the ball. Um, what do you think? I mean, you know Hagley Oval better than most, mate. Uh, all your years playing for Canterbury and and in the Black Caps. Um, I think, as as he mentioned, you know, just over two hundred is the most ever chased down in the fourth innings. Um, conditions wise and things, what's it? What's that Hagley pitch do at about day four, day five? Oh look, I think it'll it'll still be pretty good for batting. I think part of the reason why you don't you haven't seen a lot of run chases in the fourth innings at Hagley is because the game's already over by the by the fourth innings. Um, <laughs> and yeah. and in recent times, it's because New Zealand have you know New Zealand have won pretty convincingly. So yeah, that that's the reason I think for the for the for the sort of that stat around the run chase. But um, yeah, it, it'll be a good wicket. I think it'll be it probably at its, almost at its best today. I think you know I'm standing outside of the moment and. It's, going to be blue sky and um, you know a reasonable day I think so so that'll be that'll be in the batsman's favour if the sun comes out um, but like I say it's, it'll come down to that first hour we've got to we've got to try and get some get a couple of early wickets and, and try and try and restrict the South Africans to as, you know, as low a score as possible Now I heard uh, Baz McCullum on day one of the test uh, talking in commentary about Colin de Gronholm actually and saying that uh, he'd been talking to him pre-test match and said, mate, do us a favour, how do you actually pronounce your name? How is it said properly? Is it de Gronholm, de Granholm, what is it? And um, uh, Dutchie's answer was, I don't care. So uh, what what chance that I don't care is his new nickname in the sheds? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a, I think you got a few nicknames. Um, can't repeat all of them on the radio, but um, yeah, like I said, that that probably that probably sums them up because sometimes when you you know sometimes when you watch him bat, you think he doesn't care either. But um, but but he does. I know he does. He takes you know he takes a lot of pride in his performance and um, yeah, he sort of I guess two or three months ago you probably wondered maybe if his international career was over um, for New Zealand. He's sort of out of the side and. Yeah, to come to come back the way he did, and you know, in the context of a game, 120 not out, um, 
you know that's that's going to be that's going to be right up there if you know New Zealand can get this win. Mate, some some pretty proud performances, uh, particularly in that first test, and then Matt Henry uh, following on in, in the second test. Mate, is your Canterbury coach and and some proud Cantab players there really stepping up to the mark for you, mate? Mate, you've been pretty proud of, to see the boys Henry Nichols in the first and then get a century and. Matt Henry, the way he was able to bowl and you know, his back against the wall, getting an opportunity with Trent bowled out and, and really relishing and taking that opportunity for you, mate. You must be pretty proud to see that. Yeah, yeah, it's great to see those guys have success. And, you know, you touched on Henry Nichols. He didn't, you know, he hadn't really, he hadn't played a game for about three weeks because he did, um, you know, his his wife had, you know, just had the first, yeah. first child. So um, he, he didn't, hadn't had much preparation at all. So it just shows the... You know, I guess how important the mental side of the game is um, that he was able to get that hundred in the first test. He looked really good in the second innings. Uh, sorry, in the first innings of the second test too. So great for him. And yeah, as you said, Matt Henry, um, just a real good team guy. You know, quite often, you know, I don't know how many times he would have been twelfth top man for New Zealand, but it's a lot. Um, never complains. Just gets on with the job and yeah, got his got his opportunity. And that's what everyone always talks about. You know, when you get an opportunity, you've got to take it and. Um, there's probably probably a few people in that uh, sort of New Zealand <clears throat> coaching setup who were, who were quite glad that they didn't have to make a decision between you know <laughs> between the, the fast bowlers as to who to who to leave out for the second <laughs> test. They're probably quite happy that yeah that Trent was was going to have another week at home. Well, I actually got to ask you. I've seen a bit of chat about this, Pete, on uh, amongst uh, Black Caps fans online. Uh, given that Matt Henry obviously got sixty in the last test, and uh, and Wags got forty nine, and we know Jamison can hold a bat, is it time to drop Tim Southey to number eleven? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, like I said, they haven't they haven't done it yet. So yeah, try they, telling Timmy that. Now, He's an angry yeah, bugger. He, I, he, yeah, he gets, he, he's very he gets he gets very prickly when you start when you start talking about that. He's he's got, he's got a few stats and about his average and you know things how many fifties he's got and things like that. But um, yeah, I, like I said, they haven't they haven't done it they haven't done it so far. So it's probably one of those where like does it does it make that much difference in the context of the game? You certainly um, you know you don't you don't want to make Saudi angry because you know he's such an important part of the bowling attack. So maybe you just you know. You just bite, bite the bullet, and just you know try and keep try and keep on his good side. Yeah, mate. <laughs> I had a wee run in with uh, Tim Sally when I was in my younger days playing for CD as ND, and oh my goodness, what an absolute heckler he was! Very, very fiery, <laughs> passionate, passionate as they come, mate. Quickly, uh, just just have a quick uh, conversation with you about the current black uh, black cap squad, and uh, they had some success at the Halbergs and well deserved as well. Um, you know, team of the year and. Kane Williamson, Sportsman of the Year for, for the men's um, athletes. So they've had a lot of success, and you've been a part of that environment. You've been a uh, batting coach. You've played for the Black Cats. For you, mate, what's your what's your initial uh, thoughts on, on how the you know, Black, Cat, Black Cats have been going as of late, and what, what do you think it's come down to? Uh, you, and tell us about Gary Stead and his direction he's been able to instill into the squad. Oh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's just really cool to see when you think, I, I know for myself growing up, um, you know, the New Zealand team, like we always, we always sort of punched above our weight, I guess you'd say. And, you know, anytime you, you know, you you get, get the odd win against England or Australia or South Africa, or, <clears throat> you know, you'd sort of be like, you know, that's, that's pretty cool to be able to compete with those teams. But I think the way that the team now um, go into those sort of 
those games or those series just actually thinking, not just hoping they're going to win, but sort of, I guess, believing that they, they can win and they should win. Um, so that, that's, that sort of probably sums up, I guess, where the, where the team's at at the moment. They've got a lot of self-belief, and you know, that comes from a few things. But um, I think first and foremost, I mean, they've got, you know, when you look at Kane, you know, Ross Taylor, who's just, who's just sort of finished or about to finish, um, you know, Trent Bolt, Tim Southey. They've got, they've got some, you know, Devin Conway, Kyle Jameson. They've got some guys who are sort of right up there in terms of world-class players. Um, you know, and then you throw, throw in the likes of Tom Latham and Henry Nichols and Neil Wagner. So, yeah, first and foremost, it starts with some great players, um, but that doesn't that doesn't just happen by accident. I guess it's a reflection on you know the the Black Caps coaching staff, the support staff, the um, you know New Zealand cricket as a whole. Have you know obviously developed a really good sort of pathway for the young guys to come through and um, you know continue to get better. So you you feel the the general public the Black Caps are expected to win every match now with how they've been performing as of late. Oh yeah, I mean I think I think um, I think unless you go to unless you're going to play Test matches in India or probably Test matches in Australia, I think um, I think now we're at the stage where yeah, just about any game we walk on the field that the the, the public would sort of expect the Black Caps to win, which. You know, as you guys would know, sort of, you know, 10 years ago, that certainly wasn't the case. How does that change the mentality yeah. in the dressing room, Pete, when you, you know, you, you've sort of gone from being, you know, trying to fire the boys up to, to you know, sort of overcome a team to being the team that somebody's chasing? Oh, I mean, yeah, it is, a, it is a slightly different mindset, but I think we saw that probably even yesterday. Um, you know, 100 and... 150 for five or whatever we were at the start of the day, you're probably thinking, well, South Africa are going to have a pretty big lead here. Um, mm. to, to fast forward to the end of the end of the day's play, and yep, South Africa, you probably still say are on top, um, but but there'll be a lot of belief in that New Zealand dressing room that they can they can bowl them out and chase 250, 260, um, you know, and get the win. And again, that's that's not something that would have happened in the past. So. Um, yeah, a lot of lot of really mentally strong cricketers in that in that dressing room, and um, yeah, that's a big part of why they're having so much success. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Peter Fulton, uh, former batting coach for the Black Cats, current coach for Canterbury, absolute champion, mate. Quickly before we you go, Black Clash, did you just say, look, I don't want to go and embarrass Caelan Bosch here again and <laughs> and hit him for seventy off one over, or did you just? You know, because of how you played, they were like, look, we just want to even that. What happened there? You didn't get the call or what? No, nah, well, mate, I, I thought after after watching this year's performance, um, <laughs> yeah, it was probably the other way around. I think the, I think the cricket players, I think we got we got embarrassed this year, so maybe maybe the, they were just trying to even it up. But um, no, nah, nah, in all seriousness, we had a we um, I was keen to play, but we had a we had a game the day before, a T20 game the, the day before, and we had a T20 game yeah. the day after. So I didn't think it'd be a great look yeah. for the for the coach to, to miss the training before the <laughs> before the game and 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 also uh, based on based on previous years um, you know I, I wasn't sure I was going to be in peak physical fitness on the on the on the day of our game so uh, yeah I thought it was probably best just to stay away for for, for a season Ho- hopefully next year the hopefully next year the schedule's a bit different and we can uh, I can get back there. Well, I think the rugby players were actually quite glad you weren't there, mate, because I was standing in the field watching you absolutely annihilate Caelan Bosch here, and I was just kept giving you a bit of stick, and you just kept laughing at me. And I was like, 
poor fella. He's got no confidence, but mate, oh, you did he's, right. he's going all right. He's got a, he's going, he's going all right. He's got a, you know, he's playing Super Rugby. He's, you know, he's all right. Yeah. He he's going, he, he he's going right. good for the Chiefs. <laughs> he's going good for the Chiefs. Another talented, another talented sportsman in New Zealand. Mate, appreciate your time on the show, Peter Fulton. Uh, absolute champion, mate, and uh, we'll catch up very, very shortly. Thanks very much. Cheers, guys. Thank you. There you go. Peter. That's Peter Fulton. Is, is, is there a better nickname in New Zealand Ooh. sport than 2-metre Peter? Oh, mate, honestly, watching him... Just really dismantled the team rugby down here in Christchurch. It was just something to... I was amazed. Just his footwork, his speed with the bat, just hand-eye coordination. Everything was coming out of the middle. Woo! Amazing, amazing. So that was Peter Fulton. Uh, Black Caps are right up against it. He just said, very cliche, but the next first 40 minutes to an hour in the first test series, uh, day four this morning will be a big showcase of how this Black Caps is going to unfold. Uh, we'll be back very, very shortly. We're going to go over to Ricardo because I've got my daughter on my lap. Ricardo? <laughs> I was just yeah, gonna, sorry about that. I was that. just going to give you a, a, a stat, is he? I know you like a, you like a cricket yeah. stat. How's this? This came from yeah. Francis Payne, who is Mr. Stats, right? So you never question these stats. The highest average of a black capped batsman at home who scored more than 1,000 test runs. Guess who sits third? Peter Fulton. No, Colin de Gronholm. Colin. Yeah, so the highest averages of Black Caps batsmen at home in test matches have scored more than 1,000. Kane's got 65. Ross has got 53. Then CDG, 52. And then a bloke called uh, Martin Crow at 50. Wow, CDG. And look, there's been a lot of chat about his position in the squad and how he hasn't really fired as of late. And just um, and then just hearing that stat, mate, it's, he's been doing, he's okay. Eh? Just probably a bit more overseas. We haven't really seen the best out of him going overseas. And, yeah, he didn't um, really go that well in India, did he? Nah. No. So, but then, I mean, nah, what know, a stat. That's all, great stat. That's a tough place to go and, and, and do well, mate. A tough place to go. I tell you what, that's the thing. I know he's playing for the Northern Brave at the moment, but he should really. The, the, his record at Hagley Oval, if you're Canterbury cricket, you're like, let's <laughs> sign that bloke. If, we, if he can do that in half, his, in half the games because we're playing at Hagley Oval, let's get him in. Let's get him in. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. That was Peter Fulton talking about the Black Caps. Big day. Moving day, as they say in golf. This is moving day today. We'll see what's going about to unfold this morning, and we'll get a wee update tomorrow from maybe our own Baz McCullum. Because today, well, last night he was a bit unsure what's going to happen in uh, this, this pretty evenly matched test series. South Africa, 211 ahead. Great to chat to Peter Fulton. We'll be coming back shortly. We're going to talk a bit about Roger Tuivasa Sheik because I had a front row seat to his performance on the weekend. Apart from that last little moment, I thought he was outstanding. I'm going to eat my hat after a wee break. We'll be back shortly. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yeah, that's right. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. We're a couple of minutes away from Karen and the news. Great to hear Steve Hansen on the show with Staffy. And, well, here's talking about RTS. Roger Tuivasa-Shek and that performance. Giving him time and time we shall give. But after the weekend's performance... Whew, just showcased um, really how good he is. Most anticipated debut. We've been waiting an age, it feels like, to watch RTS play because of COVID and what happened with Auckland NPC. So we had to wait, and all eyes were on RTS in the 12 jersey. I know I've always questioned if 12 is his position, 
or is it somewhere in the outside backs? And I still stand by it. I still stand by him being an outside back. But Saturday night really showcased what Leon and others have seen from him. Ball in hand, electrifying. His ability to beat the first and second defender, left, right step. Just that quick little step, you know, just before he gets to that game line, bang. Steps the first defender, maybe even the second defender. A 10's dream. And when Bodie comes back in, imagine that combination. Bodie at 10, Roger at 12, Rico Ioane at 13. Wowee. And even his offloading game, I know there was uh, a couple of times where we kept the ball aligned. Uh, work rate, particularly in that first 15 minutes, was phenomenal. Multiple back-to-back touches popping up in the right area. Defensively, I thought he had a great night, especially there was the occasion when the Canes had a midfield scrum, and I think they went left, and Julian Savier was left. And the league days, you know, they usually scream up out of the line and make down, make the call, make the shot, and try and shut down the defensively. But his ability to wait, hold, 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 and and have trust on his on his flankers, Adrian Choate, to get over and support him was great. And uh, for for 60, 70 minutes, I thought he's defensively very, very well. Yes, yes, he missed that last tackle on, on Balin Sullivan, and which was a match-defining tackle, and, and we tried to interview him post that. He was very gutted, very down, and you can understand why his first game back, his whole night, he probably thought would be judged on one moment. But I want to say, no, it won't be judged on one moment, mate. We, everyone that knows rugby who has played rugby knows that rugby is about 80 minutes, and his work rate, his effort, and his um, ability to, to influence the game, I thought he was outstanding. Um, but yeah, he took a real step in the right direction for me, Ricardo. I know we're gonna, uh, we'll get your reaction shortly uh, about that. But I want to ask a question. Uh, the text message: Can we take? Give us a text. Can we take a lot of confidence from that performance for the future of RTS at higher honours, or do we need to take a chill pill? Or do we need to take a chill pill and just relax, and still give him time to find his feet? I want to hear from you on the text line. Give us a text: double eight double three. Take a lot of confidence. Or should we take a chill pill, like Steve Hanson just said with Slaffy? <laughs> what do you reckon? What do you reckon, yeah, Rick? I, 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 I thought he went. I thought he went pretty well. Uh, and you know, I mean, mm. but you're not the only one that thought he should have started in the outside backs. Um, you know, Marshy and I, when we did the in the red uh, show on SCNZ on um, Monday, the first Monday of Super Rugby, we had Razor on, and Razor said, oh, "I'd play him at 14." Mm. Uh, you know, that's where I'd start mm. him. Um, but, you know, Leon's obviously seen something that people on the outside haven't seen. He's played him at 12, and I thought he's gone pretty well. He's gone pretty well. I mean, Ken, mm. uh, who we all know and love as a big Blues fan, uh, texted through to the show <laughs> yesterday and said that he's the best 12 in the competition after that game, which might be going a little early. Um, the blokes like David Harvey might Ken? have something to say about that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, I'm keen to see him how he develops because I think he's only going to get better. And uh, if he's going to get better mm. from that, then maybe Ken has a point. But uh, I think we yet to see it just yet. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. That was RTS. Let us know on the text line, double eight, double three. Your thoughts about Roger Tuivasa-Shek? You liked him at 12, or you still think he's more suited for the outside backs? Ricardo thinks that. I still think that. But, mate, he surprised me, and he made me eat my hat. That was our RTS reaction. Remember, Smith City Super Rugby Tipping is here. Register now at tipping.senzradio.nz for your chance to win weekly prizes and a massive Samsung 65-inch TV for the season's top tipper. Smith City, smoked, stoked, not smoked, stoked (laughs) to support Super Rugby Aotearoa. Smoked? Well, I got smoked on the pun on the weekend. That's why I said that, because I had a horrible, horrible weekend. But Staffy is leading the the SEN Dead Showdown. I'm fifth. 
but I'll be chasing him down. Anyway, that's enough of me. We'll be back with uh, Karen. Here's Karen for the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Yeah, thanks very much, Karen. Uh, this is SENZ. It is uh, Rick and Izzy for breakfast. No, Baz at the moment. Um, Rick and Izzy sounds better than Ricardo and Izzy, doesn't it? It's kind of it rolls off yeah, the tongue a bit better. better. That's it. it does. It does. <laughs> it's, it's time for our uh, our choices flooring poll, though, is and I, I haven't I haven't let you in on this mm. one, so I'd be keen to get your reaction to this uh, this uh, choices flooring poll. Um, who mm. is your Super Rugby player of the last round. Here are the four options. Ardi Savia, Josh Goodhue, who I thought was immense for the Blues, mm. Will Jordan, or Gareth Evans? Those Ooh. are your four options. I'd go Josh Goodhue. Yeah. I was had a front row seat, and you, you've just alluded to it. He was huge, mate. Huge. Not only him, but his... His work with Luke Romano. You see the Luke Romano's, um, his biggest strength, Luke Romano, and I'd love to hear from any Blues fans about Luke Romano, but his influence on the game and the 50 minutes that he played, he is a big rig, I must say. It'll be tough work lifting him, but his defensive line-out work, I think uh, the Hurricanes, they, they couldn't even win any of their line-outs, so that just goes to the wizard that, that Luke Romano is and his work he puts in on defensive line-out um, to disrupt opposition's ball. Um, I think that was immense. So, uh, yeah, I'd go Josh Goodhue. Yeah, Josh Goodhue, nice. Yeah. How, how weird was it for you, mate, to see your old teammate Luke Romano running around in a blue jersey? Very, very weird. Very weird. I've said it before. I said it on TV. I just can't see Luke Romano rolling around Newmarket in his red bands. <laughs> he's from he's from North Canterbury, mate. He's from North Canterbury, and he's up there in Newmarket rolling around, probably driving a. A Rolls Royce now with the contract I heard he's on, um, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's very very weird, mate. It is oh, yeah, very great weird. poll. Like that. Yeah, thanks. All right, that is our, our Choices Flooring poll. Uh, the Choices Flooring Room View program takes the guesswork out of choosing flooring. Upload your favourite floor today. See your floor change in an instant with Room View. Uh, yeah, I, I did see TJ, uh, or I heard TJ, I should say. Um, so he probably it's not going to get much joy at his pig hunting up uh, up Mount Eden. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, no doubt he's found somewhere, mate. No doubt he's found somewhere. Is he, is he the most unlikely person, do you think, uh, to, to drop in the middle of all? <laughs> yes, mate. Honestly, you should see. Well, oh, man, I've got some funny stories about Luca Romano. Let's just say he's uh, he's not shopping at um, <clears throat> Versace. He's uh, he's not shopping at Versace in town. I'll tell you that. So nah, he, he would fight. He'll find. He's got a good good way of when you when you go to these promos. You know, you go to these promos and you got to go and and do the sponsorship thing, which is very important. Wouldn't be able to do what we do without our sponsors, and we got a lot of them on this show as well so thank you very much for your support but when you go to these things he'd be he'd be working around the room and he'd be just trying to figure out okay who owns a farm here who owns a farm who owns a who owns a, a, a um yeah a forestry block who owns something with a bit of land so he'd go around and he'd work his way into it and and no doubt he has found a farm up there where he could go hunting so he's been he was very uh, he was very good i must say as well but we've got a few texts coming through uh ricardo before we get off we've got 
Debbie Rogerson coming up about Mascarpone winning the Group 1 El Chipo uh, Classic in Otaki, but a few Texas here. Izzy Carter, RTS had a very good game. This is from a Kane supporter. He had so many good points of difference and offers you different things. Unlucky missed tackle, but can only get better. And that is from Jade. Totally, totally agree. And we've got a couple more here. I'll just quickly get two. RTS, good first hit out. Will only get better. Hard to put him in the outside backs with Clark, Lamb and Talia, who does me as is, is AB's uh, material. Talia, man, he was so good. Mark Talia on the wing. He's only a small fella. But wow, you just can't tackle him. He is so slippery. He just slips through all the tackles. So quick, agile. Totally agree there with Lyndon. Thank you so much for that text. And then there's one more. There's one more I've come through. Sure, RTS looks good. But how was my man, Balin Sullivan, for the Mighty Canes? <laughs> oh, that's from Unlearned Text. I totally I, I agree with that, Ricardo. You must have been pretty impressed with Balin. I tell you who was impressed with with Valen Sullivan, mate. You know we do this uh, the rugby run, the Super Rugby wrap on a Sunday between one and three. Mm. Me and Marshy on a, uh, a Justin Marshall. Valen uh, Sullivan was his player of the round. Mm. That was that was his. Nice. Goal. We do a thing called Match Marshy. We're through the day, we, you know, through the show. We're like, you know, texting who your player of the round is, and if it matches Marshy, then you're in the in the draw to win um, uh, this this really cool icebox thing. And uh, yeah, mm. no one got it. Everyone else, everyone was saying Adi Savia, but uh, yeah, he said Balen Sullivan was his player of the round, which I thought was interesting. And uh, something yeah, else I'll... to think about. Sorry, goers. No, 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 you go. I was going to say something else to think about. about? Is Sean Devine, uh, Sean Devine, Steve Devine, um, from the yeah. you know he, he does the Blues Brothers show with me on a on a Wednesday night, um, seven thirty to eight. He said he had been uh, having a look at Blues training, or he had a mate down there looking at Blues training. He said, um, and Bowden on his comeback, he said he's been running at fifteen mm-hmm. in the uh, in the opposed okay. uh, tra- uh, trainings they had. Maybe that's just easing back in after the head knock. I don't know, but maybe you know you talked uh, with that texter talking about the outside backs. Maybe we can see mm. we see Harry Plummer start at ten and Bowden start at fifteen. Maybe potentially at ease him in. Oh, they've got a luxury. Eh? They got Harry Plummer. They got Pedro Fitter who came on in the second half to, at, at ten and he looked very good. But then they've got Zahn Sullivan. I'm a huge Zahn, Zahn Sullivan fan. Um, I thought he was outstanding on the weekend as well. Particularly his biggest strength is his kick. He's got a wonderful left foot on him. Finesse, oozing finesse, and uh, always puts it to land. Um, but he also showcased a bit of his running game on the weekend, which is something that I would uh, I was looking for out, out of him. So Balin, very very good, very influential, especially with the grubber kick for Wes Hulson in the first half was right on the money, and and it defensively attacking was just outstanding. The biggest thing for for a young guy is this week now everyone will be on notice of how good he is. You know the, the things that he can do. So this week, it's all about backing it up. So, um, yeah, keep those texts coming through. We've got a few more on the text line about RTS and your players of the round. I've gone Goodhue, Josh Goodhue for the choices flooring pole, but there's Adi Savia. Um, we've got Adi Savia, Josh Goodhue. Who else we go? Sorry, um, Ricardo? Oh, had a mind blink. Who else have uh, we, that little... So Adi Savia, Josh Goodhue, Gareth Evans, yep. and Will Jordan. Gareth Evans. Yes, Will Jordan, Gareth Evans. Two I tell you who won't players. be voting for Will Jordan, be Cullen Grace. Did you see the look on his face when when Will Jordan kept going for that try? And he's like, "Mate, I'm free. Just give me the ball. Give me the ball." I, oh, I know, mate. Well, he was cut today, and he was. There's another player. There's another player too, because there's been a lot of talk about Cullen Grace. Can he go on and and put in good performance? He he took another step in the right direction on the weekend. I felt for the Crusaders' uh, loose forward pack. 
Someone that I'm just probably, I don't know. Maybe the text will be able to answer this. What's your thoughts on Pablo Matera? Have we seen the best of him or has he kind of been a little bit underwhelming? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to put a foot on it. Maybe I was just expecting a bit more passion and a bit more grunt from him. Anyway, that's just my thoughts on, on uh, Pablo Matera. Coming up, we're going to talk to Debbie Rogerson and her win trains Mascarpone and it won the group one last week on the weekend at Otaki. And we're going to have a chat to her about that. Anyway, keep the texts coming through. Call anytime on the Kennard Tire phone line 0800 150 We'll be back shortly with Debbie Rogerson. Yes, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're 13 minutes away from 8 and it's time to talk to Debbie Rogerson. But before then, the Choices Flooring Poll is now exclusively on SENZ app. Follow the same process you would when listening on the app. Just tap to listen live to Baz and Izzy and the poll will magically appear. There you go. The poll, Choices Flooring Poll is on the app right now. But now it's time to talk to Debbie Rogerson. Brando underneath of it, starting to come home strongly now. And then we've got Amaravinia starting to put him in the middle and running on on the inside, Hasabro. Here, Mascarpone at the 1600, and the big bull chestnut's too good. Mascarpone's got it. Mascarpone, too good. Following a streak of five consecutive placings, Mascarpone was finally able to finish on top to claim his first Group 1 over the weekend at Ōtaki. Young jockey Wurumu Pin rode the five-year-old Gauding beautifully to fend off two Jamie Richards-trained runners in a tough-fought victory. After such a superb win on another good day of racing, we thought we'd catch up with one of Mascarpone's trainers, Debbie Rogerson, to talk about the race. Good morning, Deb. Good morning. How are you? Very, very good. How are you? Tell us about the celebrations on Saturday. You must have been right up and about. Tell us about the weekend. Well, we really rode him home. <laughs> I think we rode him <laughs> home. It was, um, no, to be fair, it was a, um, a very good ride by the um, young boy. He rode the track perfect, and it was just a great result for the horse. How satisfying. How satisfying was it to see the, oh, final, the horse very, finally put it together? Yeah, it is. You know, um, to win Group 1 races, uh, they're very hard to win. And uh, it was mm. just a great all-round team effort. Um, everybody's worked hard on the horse, and it was just so satisfying to uh, win with the horse. Were you always confident that it could win over 1,600? Do you think that, that was the perfect distance for, for um, Mascarpone? Yeah, well, he went a top race um, in the 1400 at Tirapa. Uh, the two horses that mm. beat him are very, very good horses. And he did have a couple of runs as a three-year-old over the mile, and he ran third and a fifth, but he wasn't strong enough then. And after Tirapa, Graham discussed it and everything, and he said, no, I think he can get a, get at the mile over a soft lead. He's a lot stronger. And uh, he mm. said, I'm going to set him for that race, and um, it'll come to plan. I think it came to plan all right because when he when he came around the corner and he was leading, he just kept going, kept going even past the finish line. You think it would keep going to two thousand meters the way it stormed home. So, what next? What's next for for this horse coming going forward? Well, he's travelled home good, and um, yep. we're probably looking at um, April the second. There's a listed race at um, fourteen hundred at Arapuni. So he could go mm. there, and then we might give him one run over 2,000 metres, probably all going well, the Canterbury Gold Cup down at Rickerton, and then he'll go out for a mm. spell, 
and then get ready for spring racing. But that's all going well in oh, weather. All go. Yeah, weather plays a big part. What about Watermoo? Watermoo Pin, mate. He, I've been watching him following his progress as of late, and he's been riding some winners, so he must be pretty happy with that connection, being able to get a, one of the, you know, form jockeys on, on uh, Muscapone. Yeah, he has been riding well, and he does ride a little bit for us, and, um, mm. you know, uh, all credit. It was a very good ride on the horse, and uh, the horse ran for him, and he had his ears pricked going to the line, going away, so it's a really good sign as well. Um, but no, you know, the boy will ride a lot more Group 1 winners the way he rode on Saturday. Well, you sound a bit more livelier than, than a lot of the past trainers that we've had on after a group, group one. Surely you had a couple of celebrations on Saturday afternoon and into the night. Oh, yeah. Just a couple of wines that night, but uh, very quiet because it's back to normal. 3.30 starts, so, um, you know, <laughs> it always goes on. Uh, we know. We know. We're up at 4.30 over here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, so we know. We know what it's all about. But, no, we really appreciate uh, your time. Congratulations as well on, on Muscapone's win, um, beating some some quality horses, Hassabro, Brando, and, and Jamie Richards. Uh, obviously a quality trainer. So get one up over the over the blokes. Well done, Debbie. Great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. There you go, De- Debbie Rogerson talking about Muscapone's win. Muscapone, I should say, is winning Ortaki. Did anyone get on that? Did anyone get on Muscapone paying nine dollars forty on the tote? Give us a text, double eight, double three, because I didn't. Surely I didn't. Hassabro, I've backed that a few times and something I've followed in. Surely my, I think my dad would have backed Hassabro because he's won a few on Hassabro as well. But well done to Debbie Rogerson and Mascarpone winning the El Cheapo Classic. Group one, 220,000. Big ones at stake there. And she's talking about maybe going to the 2,000 metre, um, going a bit extra because the way it's stormed home on the straight, I wouldn't be surprised if it can go further and maybe push out the distance a wee bit more. Great to chat to Debbie Rogerson, and uh, we'll be back very, very shortly. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. The biggest health and beauty brands in-store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It's uh, two away from eight, and uh, Karen not too far away with the news here on uh, Rick and Izzy for breakfast. And uh, Izzy, uh, you know, I was I, I stayed out of the Debbie Rogerson chat because uh, I, I saved all my insightful racing questions for another time uh, because I was uh, busy uh, keeping an eye on the League Cup final, and it is still yeah. nil all. And uh, Chelsea have had two goals ruled off for offside in extra time. Uh, the first one. I don't think it was offside. I think that's pretty controversial. Because, you know, in football, you can't score with your hand, right? And so when they did no. the lines, it was only Lukaku's arm that was ahead of Van Dyke. But Van Dyke's feet were ahead of Lukaku's. So to me, that says he's onside because you can't score with your hand, right? So your hand can't be offside. Yeah. I would have thought. But anyway, that got ruled offside. Then they had another <laughs> one ruled offside. Uh, and I've got a shout out to David Choate actually, because uh, uh, Chody came on the show with me yesterday, and he said these finals between these two teams, they know each other so well, they'll cancel each other out, um, and he was like, you should get on uh, for this to go to extra time or even pens. He said that yesterday, and it was paying five fifty for mm. extra time and $6 for pens. So you know that David Chode is in the money uh, at a bar, probably for Kings or somewhere down in Wellington, uh, <laughs> watching this, uh, and, and in the money, and uh, he is drinking for free today.
I think, is, is what you'll find. <laughs> uh, so we're about five minutes out from the end of the game, mate, and, uh, well, from, from the end of extra time, and penalties are looming. Uh, so not too far away uh, from those. We'll keep you up to date with that. Coming up in the next hour, uh, Salisi Rayasi is coming up, uh, the hero of the Canes. We're going to talk to him in the next hour. Now we're off to track down some McCafe coffees, and here's Karen with the news. For Kubota, together we are shaping and building New Zealand. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. SCNZ. Baz is looking at listening. He's tuned in. Morning, Bazza. He's about to rip into his morning call as we head into day four of the test match. Morning, brother. Miss ya. Hope you're all good. We'll get a little update from him shortly. Uh, soon, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, we've had a good show on the, uh, this morning. We chatted to Peter Fulton about the Black Caps. Uh, day three. Day three, they're up to. And then day four, commencing today. Uh, where do we chat to him about what he's, his little take on the last couple of days and who he's leaning towards. And maybe it's a flat wicket. Today's a sunny day down here in Christchurch. I'm favouring favoring the batters. Uh, for the for the South Africans, uh, 140 for five currently, 211 ahead. Uh, we'll keep you up to date with the Carabao Cup. They're just going to penalties, I'm sure, soon. It's uh, we're just coming up to half an hour and extra time. We'll, uh, Rick will keep you up to date. Well, coming up on the show, we're going to talk to Celesi Rayasi very very soon, and then following that, we're going to talk to um, Dana Grant. She is. A New Zealand-born stunt double performer and coordinator. And she's been on shows such as Xena, Warrior, Princess, Mad Max, Fury Road. And she's currently part of the Amazon series, Lord of the Rings. So looking forward to chatting to her for our Monday morning news health check. Well, on Saturday night, we witnessed a thrilling affair between the Blues and the Hurricanes at Forsyth Bar. With just over 10 minutes left to play in the game, it looked all but over before Celesi. Hops Magoo, Rayasi, scored back-to-back tries, leading to this moment. Quickly through the hands, Ben May with a lovely ball. Oh, Sullivan breaks the tackle. He can see it. Adi Sabia down the touchline. Oh, this is unbelievable. Wow, I was right there, sideline. Adi Savia running down there and just, I couldn't believe it. What was I witnessing? Great commentary from the Sky team there as Adi Savia flew down the, the wing to score an incredible try under the post as well. Oh, every kicker would love that, seeing him doing his work to get under the post to make it an easy kick. To snatch the win away from the Aucklanders, it was Rayasi's hat-trick. However, that was the highlight of the game and we have our young winger, on the line with us now for our McCafe morning catch-up with the one and only Celesi Rayasi. Good morning, brother. Morning, morning, Izzy. How are you, mate? How are you? Must have been a good flight home, eh? Been a while since you've been home. It was very, very happy flight back to back to Wellington. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, flew back in yesterday, Avo. Um but um, I guess it was probably a really long bus ride back from Dennis to QT. Um, so celebrations are sort of put on hold just because, you know, uh, it was a pretty long bus ride back. But yeah, apart from that, um, boys are pretty happy. 
Yeah, mate. I bet you were. I was down there witnessing it for you, mate. You must have been pretty happy with with your performance, particularly in that first half when when the uh, Blues had you under so much pressure and you made a decision to to come out of line. And I'm pretty sure they had a little overlap, and you made that good decision to get an inset. But your performance, mate, you must be pretty happy with how you're tracking so far. Yeah, pretty happy. I think. Um, I recall from my memory, I think Seizure screamed to me, "Get wider!" and then. <laughs> So sort of looked and <laughs> realised, oh yeah, true, you're probably right there, Corey. So I got a little bit wider than I was able to get. No, nah, thanks to Corey for that one. But um, yeah, no, I was just yeah, pretty happy to um, help the boys out. Um, I think everyone's just in general. Um, you know, just the fact that we uh, stuck in and hung, hung in there. Um, yeah. Yeah, mate, tell us about the messages. What, what, what were the messages for you guys to be able to... You know, dig deep and stay in the fight. Like, what what was Artie saying to you out on the field? Um, you know, your drivers guard and bash it to a- actually just keep using that moment. Because I'll be honest, the Blues were playing some fantastic football. They were putting you under pressure, particularly at the breakdown. I thought their breakdown effort was was fantastic. They they, they were you know cleaning over. They were counter rucking. Um, you know, putting your ball under a ton of pressure. But what, what was Artie and the likes saying to you out there? Yeah, I think in that last quarter uh, of the second half, I think Artie just came with a message that, you know, and other th- I think it came from upstairs, but he, he sort of drove the um, emphasis that, you know, we're going to keep the ball and look to have a crack from our own half of, you know, um, off our exit zone, which was, um, you know, at the time we were thinking, oh, so, like, you know, that's, um, that's fine. We just, you know, he just put emphasis on it as well, that, you know, we need to make sure that, you know, breakdowns are secure and, uh, where they're in numbers and whatnot, and uh, once we started to get a roll on, and I think maybe after in there um, 22, um, I don't know how many times we got there, but, but I think one, one of the times that we scored when we were down there, um, yeah, he drove that message about, um, in our huddle um, just before we received the kickoff, and then from there, I think we, I think bus carried straight off the kickoff and made like a 30 meter you know, mm-hmm. line break or 40 meter line break. And then, you know, from there, I had a feeling that we're kind of on to, we might score off this, and then, yeah, went back the other side and then ended up scoring off Balin and Marty. Uh, Salisi, it's Ricardo here, bro. Um, I, I mean, it was a fantastic hey, performance from you here. Hey, bro. A fantastic performance from you on the weekend, mate. And I've I got to say, I've got to ask you this question. Uh, ben May, he was he was ripped off from a, a try set up last week against the Crusaders from a dodgy TMO decision, and we saw we just heard that hey, audio hey. before we got calm you. Down. <laughs> yeah, calm down, <laughs> calm down. Uh, but we, you know, we heard that audio just as you came on. I mean, it was him that started. Is is he the best offloading prop in New Zealand at the moment? He's got great hands. He he does. <laughs> he's got he's got very big hands, Ben May. Um, he yeah, he does love an offload. Um, but it, he's probably I I put him up there. Um, Bama, but you know, um, mm. he's definitely um, he's definitely got a good skill set for a big man. Mate, what's he brought into the environment? He ran past me when he was warming up, and I just couldn't believe. It. I was, hey, you're still going? That's what I yelled out to Bama. He's 39 <laughs> years of age, mate. He's he's still playing like he's 30. But mate, what's he been like yeah. in the environment? Uh, he's been awesome. He's been awesome. He's been, um, yeah. I guess he's just been a, a real stalwart for. And I, and not just I guess the, the leaders, but more so the younger guys to look up to and um, I, I ask for tips and stuff like that. Um, you know, I'm probably not the right person to talk about 
propping the dark arts and stuff like that. But mm. <laughs> it sort of helps out. It sort of helps out all those the younger guys, um, just with you know everything. And um, he's probably the only prop forward that I know that has an eight pack. So <laughs> yeah, you're right, mate. He's he's in great nick. I I got to, got to agree with you there. Hey, quickly, just two, two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row, you've your side has been able to put some fantastic rugby together for 15 minutes, particularly towards the end of the second half. Um, what were the messages from, from Jason Holland, and how do you guys overcome that so you're able to give yourselves better chances throughout the entire match? So you can, do you go back and look at that 15 minutes and, and kind of get an understanding of what you're doing well there and try and, and do that for the game? Or is there other contributing factors of why you haven't been able to, to perform for, for the whole match? Yeah, I, I think it's probably the, uh, you know a little bit of that, you know, um, you know, and also you know sometimes we just I think we don't really start off on the right foot. Um, I think we received the kick off in the first half, and then I want you know I started the game, and then we end up turning it over. So like you know I think we don't just give ourselves chances to um, you know get on a momentum or you know get on a roll. Mm. Um, and I guess that last 15 minutes was probably um, a perfect, you know. A perfect example of that one, you know, when we get on a roll, we're able to, you know, get some momentum and confidence, and and then we're able to, um, you know, play our style of footy. But it's probably, yeah, I think it's just, you know, we just need to start well at, at first um, as a starter, and then from there we can, you know, build on top. But um, it's kind of hard when you're trying to start from, you know, nothing, or you know, it's quite hard to start from when it's just quite static. And, um, is it? You know, especially in this competition. Is it a mental thing? Um, you know, you, is it a preparation? Or uh, is it, is it a, is a, a mental, you know, just boys are just not switched on? Or, or is it an you know, easy fix or, you know, something like Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's an easy fix. I've, you know, I, I, I think we, you know, trained quite um, well during the week and we were quite prepared. Um, but then again, you know, you kind of don't know until you're sort of chucked in the deep end. Mm. And then um, I guess we found out, you know, the first few minutes we were under the pump, you know, the, Blues are into the you know into us straight away, so yeah, we just need to start yeah. a little. Definitely, we need to start better, you know, for us to actually get a roll on, you know, because I mean we've got to try and learn, you know, from our mistakes. So um, yeah, definitely, um, yeah, that's probably a starting point for us, and then obviously we'll try to figure everything out on the run. But yeah, I think it's just for us. We'll start with something first. Yes, uh, Salisi Riasi here with us on uh, Rick and Izzy for breakfast at 14 past eight. The hat trick hero for the Canes on the weekend, mate. Uh, let's turn it up to the to the to the positive side of that comeback, mate. It's uh, two weeks in a row that uh, late in the game you've given teams you know problems. You gave the Crusaders a fright, and you obviously come back and won that game against the Blues. Uh, what does that say? Do you think about your conditioning? Do you feel like you're fitter than the other two teams you've played? And what was your preseason like? Yeah, um, yeah, preseason was pretty. Um, Dash or David Wild Dash gave us a, um, a program for us. David and, uh, Gray. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> David Gray was helping us out as well, and um, you yeah, know, so we had a, a pretty thorough preseason, and um, we had these um, Santo watches that was given to us by our sponsors, but they made us um, link it up and made it public so that they could watch us do our running blocks to see if we were so you couldn't really hide but um, yeah I guess coming back into that pre-season from uh, Christmas you know obviously starting on January 6th um, 
yeah, the um, strength and conditioning coach has um, definitely made an emphasis on us getting some running in and and then contact was probably a little bit later on uh, coming towards pre-season. Awesome, mate. Well, congratulations on that performance. Um, you know, that would have done wonders for the for the lads. Um, you know, going back back home to Sky City with the win. Corey Jane was up and about. I must say, caught up with him. He was fizzing, mate. Tell us about being home and and you're back to Sky Stadium this weekend against the Hollanders. Um, tell us about the week, mate. You're looking forward to to ripping in this weekend and and getting some preparation at home in your own bed. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely looking forward to it. Um, probably going to miss QT, though. A bit of nice golf courses down there and whatnot, but um, uh, oh. I think everyone's pretty happy to be back home and get back with their families and um, partners and stuff like that. So, um, now it'd be awesome to get back out there and get back to the Sky Stadium, to the Capeton, and, um, you know, play at home again. And we've got the Landers coming up as well, so I think everyone's pretty excited with this week. Hey, Silesi, a lot of people were talking about uh, this bloke, Roger Tuivasa-Shek, that uh, the Blues have signed for this season. Um, how did you find being out on the field with him? Did he stand out, you know, sort of in terms of having, having to defend him, or was he just like any other 12 that you've played against? Oh, he was, yeah, he was, I, I, I thought he had a really impressive game. Um, his first game, you know, his carries and stuff like that, I think he was quite elusive. Yeah, he didn't just sort of, you know, try to T-bone guys and just run into traffic, you know, and he'd, you know, use his footwork, lay it at the line and, you know, try to get a weak shoulder and get him behind the game line. So I thought, you know, from there I thought he was, you know, really impressive and it was pretty hard to contain when you gave him time and ball. But, you know, at times he, you know, made the right decision to carry and look for an offload. He did that quite well, to be honest. Yeah, I totally, totally agree, mate. I thought he was outstanding and he's only going to get better and better with time on the field. And quickly, before we let you go, mate, your golf game. If, uh, if anyone out there hasn't seen Celesi play ball, basketball, he is fantastic. He's outstanding. Honestly, a freakish talent. Get him on the court, he'll break some ankles. I'm sure he's broken TJ's knee a few times out on the court. But, mate, <laughs> tell us about your golf game. Any good? Um, yeah, it's all right. Um, I probably need to work a lot more on my short game. Um, <laughs> probably something that I, you know, definitely need to do. But probably spend too much time at the range trying to bloody hit bombs off the driver. But um, it's all right at the moment. Um, I think having Geordie there and a couple of other boys that um, play golf and a bit of hackers and stuff like that, they all play. They all keen to. We try to get out a lot. Um, yeah, that it's all right at the moment. It's not the great. It's not the best thing. What would you shoot? Give us a score. Give us one of your scores. Uh, Jack's point. Um, I shot eighty-six. Um, oh, I, I shot even on the front nine, and then I shot um, yeah. fifty on the back nine. I blew out. Oh. So I think I think the front nine. The only thing I was doing was probably I was using my iron my um, to drive off the tee box. But then once I put it my driver out, you know, I was getting punished. Man, that's a good course too. That is tough, tough. I was, I was thinking you're going to shoot 90s, but 86, mate. You take that even on the front. Put the driver away, bro. Nah, and saying that, nah, 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 never. If you drive off the tee, don't come play golf with me, bro. I am driver all day off the tee block. Don't bloody bring your iron out of that little short stick, the little chicken stick, I call it. Don't bring that out when you come play with me, brother. <laughs> nah, awesome work, man. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show, and uh, congratulations with your performance uh, on the weekend, and, and congratulations on getting the win 
late in the dying minutes against the Blues. Good, good luck this weekend against the Hollanders. Awesome. Cheers. Thanks for having me. There you go. Celeste Rayashi out. He's, he's a talent, man. Very, very talented. Like, basketball freakish. And then he's shooting even on the front nine at Jack's Point. If you've ever played Jack's Point, she has a tough, tough course. And golf is a tough sport. But, um, yeah, that was awesome. It was. I, I haven't played. I haven't played golf in ages, mate. I, I, I gave it away. Gave, even gave my clubs away. I just I was like, nah, nah. Don't have time. No, nah, <laughs> enough. I'm out. I'm out. But I, I used to have problems with my driver, so I ended up getting a two mm. iron, and I'd use a two iron off the off, off the tee a lot, mm. and, um, and and that actually went pretty, that went pretty well for me for, for for quite a while. That was probably I, I did prefer the stick, as you call it, Izzy. I did prefer the stick <laughs> to, the, stick. to the big driver, the chicken nah. stick. Don't use the chicken stick off the tee, mate. That's that's my game. If I'll just go, my driver's it's good. It's my game, but it also lets me down. It can go wayward. Very, it can go very, very bad. Well, um, so like I can understand why to... he's going with the chicken stick. <laughs> it sounded like it happened. <laughs> so Lisi on that on that on that back nine, mate. I, it reminds me though of uh, you remember Lee Trevino, the golfer, the you know, the legendary old yeah. American golfer. There's a great story yeah. about him about you know how uh, he always carried a one iron in his bag. And um and mm. people was like, Why well, you got a one eye, you know, so hard to hit and uh, yeah, they were playing I can't remember where the tournament was, but there was one of those thunderstorms of the lightning where they have to clear the course and he pulled his one iron mm. out and stood there with it like above his head and people were like, What are you doing? He's like, Not even God can hit a one iron. I'm good. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> if you can hit a one iron, you can do anything. Apparently those things are like hitting concrete on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, no mate. I'm I'm driver all day. Don't ever bring out the iron if you come out and play with me on the golf course. But anyway, that was Celeste Rayasi. Hat trick of tries and the Blues obviously going down against the Hurricanes in the dying minutes. Here's one of the shining lights for the Hurricanes. That was, that was our Mick Cafe coffee catch-up. And just uh, just giving you an update from the Carabao Cup final. Uh, it's on pens. No one's missed yet. It's uh, 7-6 to Liverpool. And uh, Kante and Golo Kante has just scored as well, so it's seven all. So no one's missed yet. It's uh, sudden death on the penalties. Oh, there you go. Sudden death. We'll get a wee update shortly, but shortly we're going to chat to Paulie Moati. I've got a text message come through quickly. Come on, Izzy. It's not how. It's how many. Oh, okay. Okay. It's not how you get to the hole, eh? It's just get it in the hole. You're right, mate. They don't take photos of how you get it in there. They just... Get the ball in the hole. You're right. Anyway, coming back shortly, we're going to talk to Paulie Mwari for our TAB live catch-up. You're listening to Baz and Izzy. Oh, Baz and Rick and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to Kiss. We ask great savings every day. Breakfast. I'm just watching this Carabao Cup, and it's 10 all. 10 all. The keepers, the goalies are now just taking, having their shots. Wow, what happens next? What happens oh. next if, if it's 11 all? Well, no, the keeper's just put again. it over the bar. Keeper's just kicked a conversion oh. to Chelsea keeper. So he's missed. So Liverpool have won oh. the League Cup on pens. Oh, Liverpool have won. Oh, I'm a bit delayed here. So, oh, he's obviously about to do it now. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, oh. It's a good conversion, it though, isn't it? <laughs> it's oh, a good conversion. So, I reckon, I reckon they should give Chelsea win. two for that. Kez will be right up and about. Settle down, Kez. Keep doing your job. Anyway, tie for out, Leah. TAB Live Update Bet Live on your favourite sports or TAB app today. And we've got Paulie Moati on the line. Morena, Paul. Woo. Yeah, good morning, boys. Wow, what a morning. Oh, this was going on so long, I thought they might roll out Kenny Dalgleish and Gianfranco Zola. <laughs> 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 
Oh, mate, oh. Liverpool are up and about. Crazy, crazy. You haven't seen anything like it. I've never seen the goalie do a penalty shootout. Well, it was my first time witnessing that. But anyway, what have you got for us today, Paulie? Uh, what have we got? Well, there's a test match going on down at Hag- Hagley Park uh, oh. in Christchurch, your Is part it? of the world. Uh, I'm just having a look at some of the bets that we've taken on the test match, and there it's been a bit of a roller coaster sort of a ride for punters in this test match. Uh, you know, if you'd backed South Africa early on, you thought, well, I'm in the box seat and I'm looking really, really good. And and then the Black Caps have fought back. I'm just having a look at some of the bets. The biggest bet we've had on South Africa was a $5,200 bet uh, at $1.94. Um, and they are currently uh, $1.84, the South Africans. Black Caps are $2.11 to win the second test. And the draws at $13.50. The biggest bet so far... On the Black Caps, a $3,900 bet on the Black Caps at $1.39. Um, was that, was that so, Baz? Was that Baz? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, fairly, I'm fairly sure uh, he doesn't bet on cricket whatsoever. He sticks to the ponies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Fair call, fair call. Yeah, yeah. We're not allowed yeah, to bet yeah. on them, the, are we? Well, but Baz definitely isn't. How do you see this test match unfolding? Mate, she's pretty even Stevens. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. I, I guess um, for Black Cats fans, they really need to pick mm. up a, a wicket or two early on uh, this morning um, and really put the pressure on them. The South Africans got a couple of sort of uh, batters there who are. Uh, they're sort of set. They're pretty much set, and they could they could take this test away from the Black Caps if they can get through the first hour, uh, and then just start um, picking up the runs at, at a consistent rate. But yeah, I'd, the Black Caps are still in this. You've got to say that because uh, with mm. that bowling attack, um, they could run mm. through the South Africans in the first session, and then they've got you know a target of around two fifty, two seventy, um, which will still be a big, big. Uh, effort, uh, but at least they've got a target that they can look at and go, well, uh, we'll, we'll take it sort of session by session. We want to not lose any wickets uh, in the next session. Uh, uh, 50-odd runs sort of thing. Go about their business in a methodical way. So, yeah, 2.11 so f- at the moment on the Black Caps to win that test. South Africans are slight favourites at $1.84. Um, unless there's going to be a whole lot of rain down there, I don't see the draw coming into it. But currently, it is at $13.50. Good stuff, Paulie. Thanks for coming yeah, on, mate. Go. Always good to chat. Cheers, boys. Have a good one. Cheers, brother. Cheers, brother. Cheers, Paulie. It's sunny as down here. Sorry, uh, Ricardo. It's sunny as down here. Um, that was our TAB live update with Paulie Moati. Promotions and play in hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. That's what we always say. R18. Here's Karen with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. It's 26 away from 9 o'clock here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Ricardo in for Baz and our choices are flooring pole results. Uh, after an hour of voting, who was your super rugby player of the weekend? Probably not much surprise, is he? That Adi Savia takes it out 63%. Will Jordan second at 28%. 
too many Cantabs listening to the show. That's what I reckon. That's, that's what's going on. Uh, and then not just 9% for Josh Goodhue. Gareth Evans getting no love at all. I thought, oh, he, I thought he was probably the Highlanders, Highlanders' best, wasn't he, just about? He was. He was one of the Highlanders' best for sure. Um, Sam Gilbert on the wing was very good. But, hey, this is an outside back here. This is an outside back. And I I appreciate all the hard work that Type 5 do. And that's why I've gone for Josh Goodhue. Cause, because he's not flashy. He's not rangy. He probably doesn't you know, have an impact on the game that you see at home uh, when you watch it through the television. That as a guy like probably Brody Retallick or Adi Savier, where he's so rangy and he's around, he's involved in everything. But from being at, uh, on the front row, uh, seats on the sidelines there, watching Josh Goodyear and the amount of work he put around the field, um, the backs like Roger Tuovasa, Sheer, Carey Plummer, they wouldn't be able to do what he's been able to do without the guys like Josh Goodyear. So that's the reason I chose him. But hey, Adi Savier, he was very, very influential as well. Yeah, he was. Uh, I mean, he had a great game. Of course, he scored that late try, but, you know, the. Uh uh, the amount of times that he, uh, you know, he got stuck in when the Canes needed somebody and either got a turnover mm. or, you know, broke a tackle and managed to get them out of trouble. Uh, you know, it was just like Marshy yesterday was saying he, he he just rolled up his sleeves. Man, he rolled up his sleeves so many times he's wearing an AFL jersey by the end. Eh? There were no sleeves left to roll up because mm. he went so hard. Yeah, no, he is. He's, he, he's played back-to-back 80s as well, Adi Savia, and I know... Probably uh, with with the All Blacks coming back, you know, there's chat maybe that they just got to manage them a little bit, like you know, with with minutes and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see how they go uh, with with Artie Savier because it's a big year and he is always battering his body. So it'll be interesting to see how they manage him going forward with the Hurricanes making the decision this weekend. No easy yeah. beats, they Hollanders. They are no. they are due one. They are due one. I, I think for the All Blacks, the the important thing this year is to try and find it out now. Eight, isn't it? Because uh, I mean, mm. Artie can play there, but he's not really an eight. I mean, you'd rather have, you know, be be um, ma- uh, managing time between Sam and, and Artie in the seven in the seven slot, and find you know whether it's Hoskins or or somebody else that can play that eight role and, and give you that extra physicality you need at eight, that extra size. You don't like you don't like Artie at eight. Not a, well, you know, it depends who you're playing, but against the big teams, against England, against South Africa, mm. nah, it's not big enough. Hmm. Okay. I don't think I like him. I like him at eight. I, I like him at eight. He's just because um, he's so quick and rangy off the back of the, the back of the scrum. Like he can, yeah, he does forty meters in the same same amount of time as probably Julian at the moment. Um, mm. No disrespect, Julian. He's playing outstanding as well. I must admit. Um, but like he's very very quick. So I, I actually quite like him at eight, um, Ricardo, because he adds that other element. He's good off the back. He's defensively good. Uh, has probably only weaknesses as in, as maybe potentially not being a, a genuine line-out option. Mm. Um, that's probably the one thing that lets him down at the eight option. But everything else, another option to jackal, disrupt um, opposition, um, ruck area. Um, so, yeah. But you're right. It'll be interesting to see how they go going form. Because Sam Kane, with the one uh, time we've seen him playing for the Chiefs, he was very, very good. The old, uh, the old, the old master, Sammy Kane. Old master, so. mate. He looks, Good he pole, looks mate. back to his best, doesn't he? Looks back to his best. Mm. Yeah, thanks, Is thanks. Um, and coming coming up, uh, uh, it's going to be interesting uh, to chat to uh, Dana Grant, isn't it, about uh, being a being a Ooh. stunt woman uh, and being in that industry. Mm. Uh, a little while ago, I, ch- I I tracked down Glenn Innes. I don't know if you remember him, but he he captained uh, Canada in the '91 World Cup, and he played in the '87 World Cup that was here. Uh, he used to play for Grammar in Auckland, and that's what he does now. He's a stuntman, and he was Jason Momoa's body double for a long time. 
And wow. you know, uh, Jason Momoa, I got him on because you know that photo of Jason Momoa at the Sevens in Canada and he's wearing that All Blacks jersey? Yeah, yeah. Glenn yep. Ennis gave him yep. that jersey and that uh, that was the jersey that he had swapped with Zinzan in the 91 World Cup when Canada played the All Blacks. Oh, how good. How good. Mate, um, I was doing a little little bit of a you know, little look into Dana Grant and just going through what she's hit, what the, the production she's worked on, um, the shows, and they're, mate, big, big shows. Bit Mad Max, Fury Road, and now one and only Xenia Warrior Princess with Lucy Lawless. But then I was reading a bit deeper, mate. She's, she's just had some devastating news as well. She's, um, they've had to raise money for her because of all the work that she does. Mm. She uh, went and got a CT and an MRI scan. And uh, she re- received the devastating diagnosis of an eight millimeter aneurysm Ooh. and an upper spinal neck injury. So surgeons re- recommended immediate surgery. So they've raised money for her to to get this um, done. The surgery. Done. I don't know if she's already had it or that it's, it's coming up. But I'd love to chat to her about her progress and see how she's uh, tracking because um, that's some big big news. And hopefully she's come through it. But looking forward to chatting to Dana Grant. Uh, as our for our Monday morning news this health check, uh, our, one of our favourite parts of the Monday morning, we get to get a little update of athletes and people, fantastic ambassadors for our great country, New Zealand, doing big things on the world stage. That is Dana Grant back shortly with Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Yeah, good morning, welcome in. We're fifteen a minute minutes away from Smithy. We're going to get over to Smithy very shortly, and it's a big day for Ian. Ooh, might have to wish him happy birthday. Make sure you send some text messages through to Smithy. It's his birthday today. He'll be hating that, but I'm going to sing him happy birthday when he comes on the line very, very shortly. But right now, it's time for our Monday morning News S health check. This morning is with New Zealand-born award-winning veteran stunt double performer and stunt coordinator Dana Grant. She's worked on productions such as Mad Max, Fury Road, Xena, Warrior Princess, and more recently, recently the new... Amazon series, Lord of the Rings. She's a, it's a fascinating story that I look forward to sharing with you all. She's on the line this morning. Good morning, Dana. Good morning. How are you doing? I am doing very, very well. Thank you so much for coming on the show with us this morning. Um, quickly, I've, I've been reading your story uh, this morning online and, and got a bit of a, up, up, you know, a bit of a understanding of, of your situation and, and the, the news that you had to acquire surgery last year and there's some amazing um, donations out there from the public. Lucy Lawless matching all of the Xenia Warrior Princesses uh, fans um, donations. But quickly, how are you doing? How are you doing? Have you had the surgery and how are you, um, how are you feeling? Yeah, no, I'm doing, I'm doing awesome. Thank you. Pretty much back to about nine, I'd say 100% I've just got um, about 90% vision back in my left eye now, I'd lost all vision in my left eye. So, um, yeah, had brain brain surgery um, in Ooh. June last year, um, yep. and been rehabbing ever since, and pretty much back to hundred percent, which is amazing. Thank you. Oh, that's amazing. That's great news to hear. Quickly, how did what? What can you just give us a lead into what happened? Is how this happened. I know you're doing stunts, and wow, take my hat off to you for doing that, putting your body on the line. But when when did you learn the news? Um, so um, had an accident, and it was in about March last year, and then um, mm. quite a big concussion, and had um, pretty bad symptoms um, ever since. Since and then 
um, they looked into it further and then figured out that I had a brain aneurysm and um, yeah and then um, everyone ended up pitching in and and funding to get my surgery quicker Um, and then Mm. yeah that's about it really (laughs) Lucky. Awesome. Very well, lucky they, they very, very. did. Yeah, mm. yeah. Sure. But, yeah. Now, uh, Dana, you've obviously you've worked on a ton of productions, including uh, one of my favourite horror movies, 30 Days of Night. So uh, oh. I, love your, I, love your, I love your bio, mate. I love your bio. But, I, I mean, after all these years in the business, you must have uh, some pretty good phone numbers in your, in your phone. If I, was to, if I was to confiscate your phone and go through it, who's the most famous name I'm going to find <laughs> in, your, in your phone directory? <laughs> oh, oh! I can't say that someone might steal my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, mine's Izzy's. So, uh, can you beat that? <laughs> <laughs> she can definitely beat that, mate. She's in the bloody. She's in Hollywood. Surely there'll be some big names. Uh, Give us get one. A lot of the people that you double. You get, you get a lot of people that you double in that. Have a look through who I've doubled. <laughs> oh. Definitely yeah. Lucy Lawless. How'd you get into stunts? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You better hide that one. <laughs> so how'd you get how into I doing stunts? Um, yeah. I uh, just went long for an audition. Like this was twenty. Oh my goodness, show my age. Twenty-five years ago now. Um, yeah. And um, I didn't even know what it was. I had friends that did it. Come along to the audition. I was like, okay, sweet as went long and and yeah got the job so um kind of thrown in the deep end at the time and was doubling lucy right from my first job and um and I've, yeah i've done it ever since traveled around the world doing it and love it and now teach do i own and started new zealand stunt school in 2010 and have been training all the up-and-coming stunt performers and action extras and actors that just want to do stunts um yeah What's the what's the craziest stunt you've done? What's tell us something crazy that you've put yourself your body through? Oh my goodness! Oh, you, that's probably the hardest question that anyone asks a stunt performer. I think because they, they're a little bit crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you ride on the bonnet of cars that are that are um, like at the. Um, like drifting cars and hitting, hit, like I was on the bottom of another car and hitting another car, another car hits me and then I've jumped off buildings on fire and um, I don't know, there's heaps, heaps of stuff, car car crashes and horse stunts and um, just anything that you kind of get asked to do at so, the time. I think so surely, do it. yeah. So surely these these superstars they get paid billions and billions of dollars. Surely you're on double that because you're putting your body on the line. Surely. Here's <laughs> 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 the, the leftovers. Oh. That's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm just saying you double. So, yeah. No, so you, you can't even get brain surgery if you need it. But yeah. <laughs> that's all right. Oh. But we have a fun job. You know, I'd um, rather be doing this than, than learning a whole lot of dialogue. So, <laughs> yeah, true that, true that. I, just just hit me with something and I'll fall over, and that's that's way better than having to learn all those lines, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, uh, Dana, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I, I used to go. I'm, I'm wondering if you know that this is, this is one of those. I wonder if you know chats, but I used to go yeah. to school with a, blo- a guy who's in stunts, and I saw, I saw, I haven't seen him in years. Saw him on the, on the set of Ash vs Evil Dead season two. Um, yeah. Alan Poppleton, you know him? I love Alan. Yeah, we've been, we've been doing it together for the last twenty five years. Yeah, he's one of my very, very good mates. Yeah, he's awesome. yeah. We were, we went to school together. I know he did all the sword stuff for Last Samurai, didn't he? Did all that, did all that sort of stuff. Oh, I mean, yeah, he's done heaps. Yeah, heaps and of he's big got, shows. He's all around the world doing stuff. He's, he's got multiple sort of black belts, multiple different martial arts. What about you? What, what sort of what sort of belts? What sort of martial arts have you done for for you know sort of all the fight stuff that you do? Um, I I wouldn't say I've got any belts. I mean, you, you're sort of jack of all trades, master of none. You try and pick up all the different arts. You know, you do a bit of wushu, you do a bit of Muay Thai, do a bit. Every you sort of pick up whatever you whatever you can, little bits of everything that you can put into into film, but don't really master at anything. You don't have time to master it at it. At it. But um, I mean, you just do a different whole bunch of martial arts, and all in all, it's all also everything else like um, the horses and the trick riding and the archery and the, um, oh, everything. You sort of just try and do a lot of every, a lot of lot of different things instead of just mastering one thing. Wow. Well there you go. That is Dana Grant. She's a stunt woman. She's doing crazy things and I'm sure Newsest will give you all the substances to to be able to well, just get you your body into peak performance so you can achieve what you're trying to achieve oh, on the crazy, crazy things you've done. So <laughs> we've got to let yeah, you go. Oh, Sorry Dana. We've got to let No problem. <laughs> We're going to let you go. Sorry about that. But thank you so much no for coming on the show. And I'm sure Newsest have helped you achieve all the things that you've wanted to achieve. Thank you to Newsest oh. and Ronnie. We have an Olympians prize pack to give away right now, which is stacked with everything that fueled Ronnie. Just text your name and Newsest right now to 8833. Newsest, a new approach to feeling great, not just the boost for today, but nutrition for life. That was Diana Grant. Wow, what a story. Back shortly. <laughs>